pastors on things. <laughs> now, I say it with all sense of humility and grace to God. When I was 18 years old, I live on the street of Lagos, and I grew up in a family where they are middle class. And I was enrolled in a computer school to go and learn software programming and engineering. And to the grace of God, we learned it, and I was working for a local government. And one of the guys that we were learning this thing together was actually into Yahoo. And his mother uh, had been traveling to Dubai. So he travels a lot and he's still coming for this computer school to learn what I really don't know. And one of the days after having a long conversation with him, I called his name. I said, Guy, I want to learn this thing. I'm telling you reality. Say, me, I want to learn this thing. I paid him. I won't tell you the amount. Say, come, let's go. Some of you don't know what is called Cyber Cafe. I don't know, maybe some of you know what they call Cyber Cafe. Then Cyber Cafe was trending in Nigeria, and I took him to the cafe. I said, sit down. So what do you want? Transport food, I'll give you. Teach me. And he taught me everything. He showed me all the codes, showed me a lot of links. Showed me how if you click on link, someone's password will come into your account. Yes, we know it. How to hack into an email and form another email as if it's the email so that the client that is supplying it will send it to your own email. Clone an email. Yes, we know it. But I was going home that day. And the Spirit of God said, this is not what I want to do with your life, brother. He kept shouting. He said, this is not what I want to do. You are too smart that... This is not what I want to use that smartness for. This is not what I want to use your intelligence for. I went home that day thinking, 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 should I call him back for the second lesson? The Holy Spirit did not allow me. I was 18. You know what I was 18? I'm talking about 2009-2010. And the Holy Spirit kept talking. I said, guy, the burden was much. And I went on my knees. I cried. I said, I'm sorry, Lord. Then I wasn't even, I, 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 mean, I didn't even know if I was born again. I was just going to church. But the spirit was just telling me that this is not what I want to do with your life. And that was my last meeting with him. It was just God's grace and mercy. And that word, that there's something that God wants to do with your life. That that thing you are doing is hindering. I give God the praise that I didn't do it. After that time, it's not that the temptation did not come until I left Nigeria. It kept coming because if you know a booty meter, that's where I grew up. Yes. It's close to Suru Lele, Yaba, and others. So, we know it. But because we know something, there is that voice that says there's something better I want to do with your life. It means that that thing is not better. That thing that you're doing is not better. There is something better. And that is that one which we have held on to. By God's grace, his grace has brought me thus far. This is somebody I've done coffin. We've done all those woodwork. What have we not done? I've harvested zaitun, olives. I harvested olives. My eye became brown. They said I should go and see the doctor. What have we not done? But because we know there is a promise of God upon your life. Even when you have not believed, there's a promise of God upon your life. But you need to come and believe and know that there is a message. There is, there is something that God wants to do with your life. And that which you are holding, which is sin, cannot let him do it. 
I pray for you if you are doing it in this place that God will deliver you in the name of Jesus. I pray that the voice that spoke to me will speak to you, will not give you peace until you stop. My help has come. Oh, choir, help me. My help has come. Oh, my help, my help has come. Oh, oh, my help. My help has come, my You see, the reason why we do those things, or you're doing what you're doing, is because you don't understand the help of God. You don't understand the help of God. You are looking for a way to help yourself. You will crash. See, the help of God is what can sustain you. What you're doing cannot sustain you. You know it. That the only thing that can help you, that can sustain you, is that help of God. My help has come. Oh, my help has come. And my help has come. Father, we thank you this morning that even as we go through your word, you speak to us. Thank you because your word delivers, your word set free. Say, so He sent forth His word and He healed and He delivered us from all our destruction. Let your word deliver us this morning in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Let your name be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So quickly, because we have a short time. The title of the sermon is An Ever-Present Help. An Ever-Present, or D, please use it this way. The Ever-Present Help. That is the title of the sermon. Because some of us, the reason why we are, we are doing what we're doing is because we don't understand the help of God. Right? We don't understand how, what it should be. Some of us, we are even shining, but we are not shining enough. You know, from the beginning of this year, we've been talking about shining enough. You know, we are the children of light. Right? We are the children of light. And we have been teaching us on how to shine. Different areas to shine. Different aspects of our lives to shine. But yet, you can still discover that some areas you're not shining the way you should. So what can cause a Christian to be outshined in certain areas of their lives? You know, those are the things we want to talk about quickly this morning. What are those things that can cause a believer 
to not shine well in certain areas. You see that you are struggling in this particular area and you're not shining well. It means that you are not, you are not bringing out the sufficient profit that the Lord expects you to bring out in that area of your life. The light seems dim. And it calls for diagnosis that we need to check. What is the problem? First Samuel chapter 4. We'll go there quickly. First Samuel, First Samuel chapter 4. And we're going to learn this morning from, from God's people, you know. A chosen people of God that's, that God himself have called out. He called them out for a purpose. But yet, they didn't understand at certain points of their lives in their journey. They refused to understand the help of God. You know, one of the things that happened to the children of Israel is that most of the time, they, they commit sin and they forget about God. And a country or another nation comes and take them in captivity. But in this scenario that we want to check this morning to learn from, I discovered that they, there, was, there was nothing like a nation coming to capture them. They were actually those who prepared for war themselves. You know, they prepared for war and to, to have an encounter with a nation that is opposing to God. But they failed. You know, the nation, the nation of the Philistine outshined them. So just like us to quickly read. It says, the word of Samuel, the word of Samuel came to all Israel. Now, Israel went out to battle against the Philistines. And encamped beside Ebenezer. Now, the word Ebenezer here, right, was not Ebenezer because this was a reported message, right? You get it. So, Ebenezer was not up until this place. It was at the end of this story that the name Ebenezer came, right? Because it was the result of what happened that the name of that place was called Ebenezer, right? So, at this point, the name was not Ebenezer. But because Samuel was writing, right, reporting this thing, he already knew the name of the place. So, he inserted it. And it continues story. So now, Israel went out to battle against Philistines and encamped beside Ebenezer. And the Philistines encamped in Aphek. Next. It said, the Philistines put themselves in battle array against Israel. And when they joined battle, Israel was defeated by the Philistines. And you begin to wonder, how can the people of God be defeated? Now, what is, what is the problem here? Philistine is a country, is a nation that is... Definitely against the people of God. And your expectation is that in certain scenarios like this, there should be victory for Israel. Right? In certain areas of your life, you expect victory in those areas of your life. And you discover that there are losses. What is happening? Now, let's continue. So the Philistines put themselves in battle array against Israel. And when they joined battle, Israel was defeated by the Philistines, who killed about 4,000 men of the army in the field. The next. He said, and when the people had come into the camp, the elders of Israel said, why has the Lord defeated us? See, this is a misunderstanding of what happens when you don't understand the help of God. You will assume that it's the Lord that has defeated you. Right? So why has the Lord defeated us today before the Philistines? Let us bring the ark of covenant of the Lord from Shiloh to us, that when it comes to us, it may save us from the hands of our enemies. Next. He says, so when the people sent when the people sent to Shiloh that they might bring from there the hack of covenant of the Lord of hosts, who dwells between the cherubims, and the two sons of Eli, Ophni and Phineas, were there with the ark of the covenant of God. And when the ark of the covenant of the Lord came into the camp, all the Israel shouted so loudly that the earth shook. We're going to verse 11. Now when the Philistines heard the noise of shout, they said, What does this sound of this great shout in the camp of the Hebrews mean? Then they understood that what that the ark of 
the ark of the Lord had come into the camp. So they had an understanding. So the Philistines were afraid, for they said, God has come into the camp, and they said, Woe to us, for such a thing has never happened before. Woe to us, who will deliver us from the hand of these mighty gods? These are the gods who struck the Egyptians with all the plagues in the wilderness. Be strong and conduct yourself. You see, they encourage themselves. Be strong and conduct yourself like men, you Philistines, that you do not become servants to the Hebrews or of the Hebrews as they have been to you. Conduct yourself like men and fight. So the Philistines fought and Israel was defeated again a second time. And every man fled to his tent. There was a great slaughter and there fell of Israel 30,000, right? 30,000, right? That's 30,000. 30,000 foot soldiers after the 4,000. The next. Also, the ark of God was captured. Ha! And the sons of Eli, Ophni, and Phineas died. Now, one of the things that we must begin to quickly address is to understand what is the ark of God. Right? So we quickly understand what is the ark of God. Then we understand the defeats of the people of God. And how that applies to us today. Okay? How that applies to us. Now, one of the things when you read the scriptures, especially in, I think in Exodus chapter 25... If you go to Exodus, can you go to Exodus chapter 25 and the last verse of that chapter? Is that we need to understand the ark of God because the ark of God signifies certain things, certain things that determines the way those people responded. It's, it signifies certain things or symbolizes what affected their defeat. So in Exodus chapter 25, God gave an instruction that now. Since you people are of unbelief, you do not believe, you don't want to walk by faith, I'll begin to walk by sight with you. So he instructed them, make a sanctuary for me. Since you believe you, you can hear my voice and listen to instructions, make a sanctuary for me. I will, you know, for your sake, I will live in that sanctuary, though I don't live there. Right? So that I can communicate with you. So God instructed them in Exodus chapter 25. Right? If you go to verse 10, it was given the description it said, they shall make, an ark, ark, shall make an ark of archai wood, two cubits and a half shall be its length, a cubit and a half its breadth, and a cubit and a half its height. So God was giving them an instruction on how to make this ark of God, right? Because we, we, are, we, are, we are stipulating that the reason why the people of God will be defeated is something related to the ark of God. So we want to know what is, the, what is the purpose of the ark of God, right? Why is the ark of the covenant or the ark of testimony, why is this significant? Now in Exodus chapter 20, 25 verse 22, it says something. Can you go there please? 25 verse 22. It says, and there I will meet with you. Now this is after the description of the ark. God said, there I will meet with you and I will speak with you from above the mercy seats. From between the two cherubim which are on the ark of the testimony. You see? About everything which I will give, I will give you in commandment to the children of Israel. Just leave that verse. No, no, leave it there. Now, the first thing you must know about the ark of covenant of God, right, is that it stands for an abiding pres presence. The ark of covenant of God stands or symbolizes an abiding presence of God. 
So if you're writing, you can put it And The purpose of this ark was to, rec- was to represent an abiding presence. So what happened is that every time Moses needs to go to the mountain to hear God. Every time he goes to the mountain to hear God. And those people don't know anything. Even the priesthood, you know, the Aaron, they don't know anything. He only interacts with God. So God said, okay, I want to be closer to you. Don't forget, God wanted to live in them. But because they said, don't speak to us. Let Moses speak to us. That is why they could not hear God for themselves. Now, this is another means by which God says, I want to meet with you. So first, the act represents an abiding presence of God that they carry everywhere they go. Right? It differs from the, the presence Moses enjoyed. Moses enjoys a face-to-face presence. But what, the, what God gave the people because of their unbelief is actually the ark, which symbolizes the abiding presence. The second thing is that it's, the ark symbolizes a place of meeting. It's that I will meet with you. So God wants to be meeting with his people. He wants to have an interaction with his people. Despite the fact that he said, don't speak to us, he still desires, he still makes a way so that he can reach out to them. So the act symbolizes a place of meeting with him, with God. He said, I will be on the seat and I will speak to you from the seat, right, from the mercy seat. The third one is that the act is a means to receive God's message. Okay, the ever-present help the statue say the ark is the means to receive God's message. I'm trying to run as fast as possible so that we can catch up with what we have today. Now, the fourth one is that the ark symbolizes a help for victory. That is Joshua chapter 6, verse 1 to 4. Right, so if you remember the story of Jericho, when they wanted to cycle the city, they said, carry the ark. Can you, go there to the, can you go to that scripture, please? Joshua chapter 6, verse 1. He gave them an instruction. He said, carry the ark, let the ark move forward, and let a priest go forward, and let it go before the ark, and let them blow a trumpet. And it was when this trumpet was blown with the ark of God, which symbolizes the presence and the help of God, that was when the wall of Jericho fell. So it means that the ark of God must have been playing a key role in the life of the Israelites. And that role is the help. So we have four means that we understand what the ark of God is, right? So that we can understand why this victory came. Now, the next one is what are the testimonies of the ark? The testimonies of the ark, this is just a quick sub adding. The testimony of the ark is that one of the things that the ark did was the ark made a way for the people of God. The ark of covenant made a way for the people of God. So you see them crossing over Jordan, and you tell them, take the ark, let it go. The moment they step their legs into the water, those carrying the ark, what happens is that the water will part, and they will walk on dry ground. Do you get it? So that ark made a way, and this is written in history, and they know it. The second one is that the ark gives a decisive victory. The same scripture, Joshua 6.20. For the ark gives a way, Joshua 3 verse 17. Joshua 3, verse 17. So the ark gives away. It makes away. And Joshua 6, verse 20 shows that the ark gives a decisive victory. Now, so what happened? Since we know that this ark is an abiding presence, right? This majorly, right now, we don't have the ark. You know, and you have many churches carrying the ark. I don't know if you attend one of those churches that carries the ark. You know, it's, it's a practice that shouldn't be continued. It has been discontinued. Even the people that they gave it to, I'm sure some of them will be reconsidering continuing such acts. So it's not for you to carry the Ark of Covenant of God again. All those things were for them. Right? But today, right, today, what do you have in you? You have the Holy Spirit in you. Right? The Holy Spirit signifies the abiding presence of God. 
Do you get it? The Holy Spirit signifies the abiding presence of God. I'll just quickly say something. You see, in the, in the scriptures, in the Bible, both the Old and the New Testaments, in both Testaments, you both have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit present in those two Testaments. So it's not like Holy Spirit was in suspension in Old Testament. Now, it's now functioning in New Testament. No. The scripture, Brother God, we read this morning, he said, where is he? Isaiah 63. He said, where is he who gave them his Holy Spirit? That was Isaiah. So the three of them were functioning. It's just that they function in different ways. In the Old Testament, you have the prophecy of the humanity of Jesus. But Jesus was in the Old Testament. The Godhead was in the Old Testament. Jesus was in the Old Testament. The Holy Spirit was there. Right? Do we get it? Now, I'm just quickly dropping that. So we don't think that the, the, the Holy Spirit we have is a New Testament thing. No. It's not a New Testament thing. Now, why we have the Holy Spirit now, different from the Old Testament, is that it's an abiding presence now. It's the permanent residence of your life if you have believed. Okay? So the Holy Spirit is a permanent residence of your life if you have believed. The Holy Spirit is the place or is the person of your meeting with God. So you are looking for God, you are seeking God. Sometimes you say you are seeking God. You have the Holy Spirit with you. The Holy Spirit is a, is a person of your meeting with God. So when you have a meeting, you have an encounter with God, it's, it's, it's through the Holy Spirit. You don't have the hack again and you don't have to carry the hack again. It's, same, it's the same medium in which you receive message from God. So we are looking at the four characteristics of the ark, and we are relating it towards the Holy Spirit. Because today we shouldn't carry the ark again, we have the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the medium by which God speaks to you. It's the medium by which God passes his message to you. And just from my testimony, I said, I heard the voice speaking to me that this is not what I want to do with your life. I have something I want to do with your life. So some of you that you say you don't hear God, you, you are, the, if you have the Holy Spirit, you hear God. Okay? If you have the Holy Spirit, you are led by God. The Holy Spirit also is your ever-present help that we are talking about today. So most of the time, when we fail in, in, in many areas of our lives, now a Christian cannot be defeated, but you can have losses in certain areas of your life. Because your victory is in Christ. I'm going to say that again. A Christian cannot be defeated because you already have victory. That is a certain and given. But you can have losses in your life. Areas where you don't shine the way you should shine. That is possible. In your conduct, there might be areas where you don't shine the way you are expected to shine. That is possible. So you can have losses. And that is why this message is coming up to us today. That what are those things that has happened to us, that makes us to have challenges, not shining the way we have expected from beginning of this year, since we call ourselves and we know that we are the children of light. Now, First Samuel chapter 4, where we read, let's go back to that scripture. Now we know that the ark, we don't carry it, now we have the Holy Spirit. Let's see the, the foolishness of the things that the Israel of that time did that resulted to their defeat. Now, the first thing you will see there is that the leadership, right? Why did Israel, why was Israel defeated? So you can ask yourself, why have I been having losses in my life? Why, why are there some areas where I don't shine bright the way I desire to shine? Now, if you check the story of Israel in this time, one of the things that happened is that the leadership of Israel under Eli had failed. So you can write it down. The leadership of Israel under Eli has failed. And we are going to liken that to our lives. 
So you can see that in, 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 in 1 Samuel, I think, chapter, chapter 3 or chapter 2, the children of Heli had been doing anything. They do anything not according to the prescription of God. They do things to please themselves. And you discover that even their father, Eli, was not able to correct them. So you discover that the leadership of this nation are failed. Do we get it? So one of the reasons why the people of God can have losses in certain areas is leadership. Right? Leadership. Leadership in the family. Leadership in the church. Leadership in your teams. Leadership in every area where you find yourself leading people. So one of the things that happen in leadership is that in leadership, you are expected to be guided. So anything is not allowed. When there is good leadership, you are guided. Instructions is given. Things are done according to the leading of the Spirit. Do we get it? So in your family, if you're finding areas where you, know, you are not seeing the light shine the way it should shine, you should check your leadership. You should check if you are allowing anything to take place in your life, to take place in your family. You're also leading your life. You examine your life and check. What are the areas where I'm just allowing anything? So you see that Eli allowed his children to do just anything. Just anything. I wrote it here. I said the presence of the Holy Ghost does not permit you to do anything. The presence of the Holy Ghost does not. The reason why you have the Holy Ghost is that you can do as he wills. The presence of the Holy Ghost does not permit you to do anything. That is why he leads you. The Holy Ghost leads you. You are not permitted to do anything. You, are not, you cannot venture into certain things. You see, that is why in church, sometimes when you come to pastorate and you, you come to the pastors and they ask you, you're asking, should I do this or this? We pray and we give you a godly counsel because we know that all things are expedient. All things can be lawful, but you cannot do everything. So we give you counsel according to the will of God. We give you counsel according to that. That is why if you are stopped from doing certain things, it's not because the pastor hates you. It's not because the leader of your team is not interested in your progress. It's not because they don't want you to do certain things. But the things that are expedient for your life, the things that are necessary for your life, are the things that leadership will lead you to do. So when you come to us for counsel, or you come to any team for counsel, or you come to your team leaders for counsel, don't expect them to give you anything. Leadership, you should, you should be under a leadership that leads you according to the will of God. Not leadership that you, want, you just make a request, oh, you can do anything. No. It leads to the defeat of God's people. Do you get that? So when you are being given counsel and instruction, you should know that it is because we want to continue to walk in, in, in victory. We want to remain profitable under God. Do we get that? Hallelujah. Now the second thing is that the people of God lack the understanding without his presence. So just go to that scripture again, 1 Samuel, that 1 Samuel chapter 4. Just go to that scripture again. The people of God, you lack understanding without the presence of God. I wrote it, I said, some of us carry God, but we choose not to hear him. Right? In, the, in this context, what we see is that they lack understanding because, first of all, they did not carry the ark. Did you realize in that story? They entered a battle without carrying the ark. That is one. Secondly, they entered a battle without hearing from the ark. Hearing from God who sits on the mercy seat on the ark. Did you realize that? And most of us will behave in the same way. You make decisions without the guidance of God. You, make, you lead your life without the direction of God. You make choices 
without consulting the one who is your ever-present help. And you expect yourself to be successful in those things. And when it becomes frustration or you become frustrated, you begin to run back to God, which was what they did. Did we see that? When they, when they experienced a defeat without carrying the ark and hearing from the ark, they experienced a defeat. And that happens in the life of a Christian. Most of the decisions we make, where we go, the friends we make, how we live our lives, we don't follow the instructions of the Holy Spirit. We lack the understanding. We, res we, we refuse, in fact, to hear the Holy Spirit. I wrote it, I said, in their case, they neither carried him, neither did they hear him. Right? So for you, you must understand that not hearing from the Holy Spirit in every decision you make would lead to defeat. Hallelujah. The presence of the Holy Ghost in your life becomes much more real in fellowship. Right? That is one thing you must learn. They refuse to fellowship with, an, with, with, they refuse to fellowship with the ark which stands as their ever-present help. So you must know that today, the presence of the Holy Ghost in your life becomes real through fellowship because it's your ever-present help. It does not end in receiving the Holy Ghost. So some of you, you have received the Holy Ghost many years, but you don't fellowship with the Holy Spirit. You just have him inside of you. Even when instructions are given, you just remain quiet and you still follow what you want to do. The Holy Ghost is your ever-present help. I read it, I said, do not treat God's presence through the Holy Ghost, as a medium of idol. Do you know what they did in that context? They treated it as a medium. Now they've experienced a, default, a, a defeat. Then I said, oh, we have heard, we know that the power of God is in this hack. Now let's bring the hack. Let the hack be a good luck charm so that we can experience victory. And we saw what happened in that context. Because in the first place, it was not by the leading of that ark they entered into the war. Not by the leading, they went into the battle. And we saw the defeat. So the lack of understanding of the Holy Spirit or the person of the Holy Spirit would affect how you function as a Christian. I say it again. The lack of understanding of the person of the Holy Spirit will affect how you function as a Christian. So you think the Holy Spirit is someone you can just evoke. You don't evoke the Holy Spirit. That is what they did. They went and evoked the hack. Bring it out. You don't evoke the Holy Spirit. No. You fellowship with the Holy Spirit. You fellowship with the Spirit of God. And it is from there you receive direction and guidance. The third one is, the elders of the land, right? The elders of Israel... Okay, this is it. The elders of Israel use the ark as a medium. Now, being a Christian for a long period of time does not equate having a relationship with the Holy Spirit. I'll say it again. Being a Christian for a long period of time does not equate having a relationship with the Holy Spirit. So they called the ark forth. They said, bring the ark. We, we have been here. You guys are children. The people are children, right? The elders say, we know, we have heard. We know the testimonies of this ark. We know what this ark can do. So if you have been coming here for a long time and you have not, you know, you don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, I plead with you today that you begin to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. It is through the Holy Spirit that you enjoy the person of God. Do you get it? So it's not about how long you have been a Christian or how long you've been born again. The question is, how much fellowship do you have with your ever-present help which is the Holy Ghost. 
The way you understand God determines how you shine. If you must understand the word, you must understand God. You know, if you, if you misunderstand, sorry, if you misunderstand the word, you will misunderstand God. The way you understand God determines how you shine. So if you, are, if you are finding an area of your life that you discover that I'm not, what is happening in this area? You are putting question mark. You are not doing the exploit the way you expect it to be. As God has promised, it is because you need to understand God in that area. You need to know the mind of God in that area. So you just need to sit down and say, in this year, you take a stock of this year, from January to November, where are the areas of my life? Okay, I've been effective in this area. In this area, I've not been effective. And you have to be truthful to yourself. And you begin to question, what is the mind of God in this area? Because when you understand the mind of God, you can shine as light. If you don't understand the mind of God, you will follow your mind and you will make mistakes. You will continue to make mistakes if you don't understand the mind of God. It is not subject to how long you have been a Christian. However, it is subject to how long you have the fellowship with the Holy Ghost. Now, another thing that they made as a mistake, right? They made as a mistake here is to mix up the voice of the, 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 the sound of victory and rejoicing with the sound of noise. You see, some of us will want to shine. In the areas you are shining and in those areas that you are leading yourself to shine is noise you are making there. I'm saying it again. In certain areas that the Holy Ghost has not led you, is not directing you, and you are thinking you are shining, is noise you are making there. I'm serious. Now go to that scripture again. 1 Samuel chapter 4. Even their noise threatened their enemies. Because they understood something. Don't forget, I said, these elders of Israel, they have an understanding how the gimmicks of this hack. You know, they have some experience, but they don't have fellowship. Experience and stories is different from fellowship. They have an understanding how this hack was. Now, before then, can you go to, can you go to Joshua 6, verse 1 to 5? Let's quickly read Joshua 6, verse 1 to 5. Now, this is what they use. The gimmicks they use is in Joshua 6, verse 1 to 5. Please, can you quickly go there? He said, now Jericho was securely shut up because was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. The next verse. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hands, its king and the mighty men of Velo. And you shall march around the city, all you, all you men of war, right? You shall go all around the city once. This you shall do six days. The next one. And the seventh priest shall bear seven trumpets of ram horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city, and the priest shall blow the trumpets. So these people understood that when they give a shout, if you continue reading in Joshua, you will see that, you will see that they gave a shout. And that was a shout of rejoicing. That was a shout of victory. And what we saw there was what? Was victory. Right? They gave a shout. And that is a shout of victory. So they just carried that and transposed it into this situation. And said, you know, when you bring the heart, we will shout. And the enemy would, would tremble, you know. Without a fellowship, it will not work. Did we see that? So they mixed up the shouts of rejoicing. So what they did there, and I like this, the way the scripture put it. If you go back to Joshua, um, 1 Samuel chapter 4, verse 1. Uh, first time chapter chapter four. 
chapter 4, verse 5. It said, as soon, okay, verse 5, please. It said, and, the, and when the ark of covenant of the Lord came into the camp, all Israel shouted so loudly that what? That the earth shook. Now, in my, in my translation, I like the way they put it. Put verse 6, let's see. Yes. Now, when the, Israelite, when the Philistines heard the noise of shouts, it was the noise of shout, not the noise of victory. It was the noise of shouts. There are areas of your life you find yourself, you know, shining and the Holy Ghost has not led you and God has nothing to do with that part. In fact, if you ask him, he has not led you into it. You need to question yourself and check. Am I being led into what I'm doing? Or am I just making noise? You want to do many things. Yes, many things you can do because you have the capacity, but you are not permitted to do everything because you are under an authority. Do you get that? You are not permitted to do everything because you are under the authority of the Holy Ghost. So the Israel of that time, they mixed the noise of shouts with the noise of the Azum. Oh, just the way we shouted in Jericho, now it will work. But what we see there was a big defeat, a bigger defeat than what they experienced. So noise is what you generate when you miss God's decision for your life. When you miss out in God's decisions for your life, whatever, noise, whatever loudness you make is noise. Rejoicing is what takes place when you constantly follow God, right? When you constantly follow God, what do you do? You rejoice. You see, in this church, when they shout rejoicing, it's not about your feeling. It's because you constantly know that I'm, I have the ever-present help with me. I have the ever-present help that helps me, that brings joy out of me. All right, let's go to Psalm, Psalms 46. Let's check Psalm 46. And I will end with Psalm 46. Psalm 46. I'm going to quickly do some Hebrew here and walk through it. Now, Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Now, I want to explain this Psalm because this is, to me, from my understanding of the scripture, this is one of the Psalms that actually prophesy about the function of the Holy Ghost to help you to rejoice. To rejoice when you follow the Holy Ghost consistently. This psalm prophesies the Holy Ghost. Now that's why I actually had to say it before. That don't think that the Holy Spirit is a New Testament thing. No, it's not. Every scripture in the, in most scriptures in the Old Testament, you will find the Holy Spirit manifest. This is one of the scripture that is subtly drop it and you have to see it. Now the ever-present help in time of need. Now, the ever-present help simply means exceeding occasion and help, a help that exceeds every occasion. That is what the ever-present help simply means. So if you check the Hebrew word, actually, Pastor Victor had given uh, one of the teachings on it. The help simply means azar, azar. That's actually the help in Hebrew. And the other ones are just simply Hebrew words. If you translate them, the ever-very-present help simply means an exceeding help. Help that exceed every occasion. It means that it is not on the occasion when you need the Holy Spirit. Like it is not only on the occasion when you feel that, oh, I need the Holy Spirit today or tomorrow. No, you don't feel about it. You, man was made to be in need of God. That was made. Let me put it again. 
when man needed God, right, okay, let, let, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rephrase. Man was made to always constantly be in the need of God. Sin was not what made man needed help. Sin was not what made man needed help. That is why the ever-present help, you need to have an understanding. That it is not because you, are, you have or you don't have, or you are prospering or you don't prosper, or there's trouble or there's no trouble that you need God. No. Man was made to need the help of God. It was not sin. And that is why when you read that scripture, it was before the sin that God said he needed a help. And that word help there is still the azar. So your need of the ever-present help is not subject to occasion. It's not subject to, it's not, it's not inside example. It's not when you're broke. It's not, it's not when you want to have an accident, you shout Holy Spirit. No. You need God, you shout Jesus. That is not when you need God. You need God in every situation of your life, morning, every second. It's like the bread you take. The Holy Ghost is what? Is like the bread that you take. The next verse. The next verse, Psalms 46. The next verse, please. So therefore we will not fear, even though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried away in the midst of the sea. The next verse. Though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with swelling. This is the verse I'm going. It said, there is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God. The holy place of the tabernacle of the most high. Now, this is the way I want us to read it. There's a way I want us to read it. So, just say after me. The river of the Holy Ghost. Whose streams makes me glad as the city of God. The holy place where the most high dwells. Does it make sense? Let's say it again. The river of the Holy Ghost. Whose streams makes me glad as the city of God. The holy place where the most high dwells. That is that scripture. That is what that scripture means. The river is the Holy Ghost. And that is why Jesus in John 7 verse 38. He will tell you that out of what? Out of you shall flow rivers of living water. He said he was talking about what? The spirits. He was talking about the spirit of God. That is your ever-present help. That is the help that you cannot ignore. Now, if you read verse, if you, if you read, if you read verse, verse 2 and verse 3, you will discover that it was talking about even the mountains rage, even the oceans roar. The same thing is what you find in John, right? In John chapter 14 and 15. Jesus was explaining to them that you will see trouble. But I will not leave you without orphans. Did, I will not leave you as orphans. So, Jesus was explaining to them, I'm, I'm going. I'm leaving. And you will be alone on this earth. And the heart of the, the, heart of the disciples began to be troubled. Began to be troubled. And like, why will you leave us? And he said, don't worry, I won't leave you as orphans. I will give you what? A comforter. That one is called, I mean, parakletos. We don't need to talk about Hebrew here. But the point is that when I studied, I discovered that the word ezar was what gradually transformed, right? Not exactly the same meaning, but had similar meaning as the parakletos, which is the comforter. Now, what happened in the Old Testament is that they used the word help, help, help. But Jesus, because he knew the mind of his disciples, they needed a very specific, what kind of help? That is why the word paracletos came, which is a comforter. 
It means an advocate. It means a counselor. It means someone you don't do anything without consulting. The person you don't do anything without consulting. That is the comforter. This is the ever-present help that we need as believers. So if you go back to that story, one of the things that you will see is that they were defeated because they ignored the help of the Holy Ghost. They were defeated because they attempted to practice without fellowshipping. They attempted to practice certain things. So you see, tradition, right, tradition or means of prayer, you know, I, I, don't, uh, I don't condemn people who use formulas to pray, right? But I tell you that fellowship is the real deal. So you have people who use formulas to pray. You have to pray in this way. You have to say, you know, Psalms 88, 72 times. You have to say this particular scripture. That is tradition. The question is, do you have a fellowship with the Holy Spirit? Do you have a fellowship with your ever-present help? Now, for you to continue to shine, you must continue to do certain things. I'll just mention four of them. There are certain things you must do to continue to shine. As a child of God, you must continue to shine. That is, that is your default. But because of your misunderstanding, you might have challenges. So you must continue to do certain things. First is to acknowledge the Holy Spirit as your ever-present help. In everything, you must acknowledge the Holy Spirit as your ever-present help. Don't take certain situations in your life and say, oh, this one, I don't need the Holy Spirit. This one, I have intelligence. This one, I'm smart. This one, I've read about it. You know, I'm so sure. Don't be too confident that you ignore the place of the Holy Spirit. Do you get it? If you are too confident, your confidence will put you in trouble. Don't be too confident and ignore your ever-present help. So that is one. Acknowledge the place of the Holy Spirit. And that is what you will see. The word Ebenezer came as a result of this. Now, 1 Samuel chapter 7. 1 Samuel chapter 7. Quickly go to 1 Samuel chapter 7. You will discover that when leadership changed, certain things begin to fall into place. First of all, they said what? Bring back the ark of the covenant of God. So what happened is that they said the men of Kirjat, Kirjat Jeremy, came and took the ark of the Lord and brought it into the house of Ab Abinadab on the hill and consecrated Eleazar, his son, consecrated Eleazar, his son, to keep the ark of the Lord. So they had to come back to the place of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is my word for you. Wherever you left the Holy Spirit, that's where you come back to meet him. In every decision of your life, wherever you leave him, that is where you come back to meet him. You will come back to, to receive that same instruction you don't want to receive. So it's better that we hold on to him as he teaches us, as we are following him, constantly moving with him. It's important that we follow him so that you don't have to come back after you've gone your own way. Now, so you must always acknowledge the place of the Holy Spirit. Now, the second one is that you must stay under godly leadership. Some of us, it's hard for us to stay under godly leadership. It's difficult. It's like a stress. Godly leadership is not a stress. Now, what happened in that context, if you go to verse 2 and verse 3, is that Samuel came into the picture, right? Samuel came into the picture, and things began to do what? To take shape. So when there's a godly leadership, what happened is that things take shape. Things do what? Take shape. Verse 3. It said, and Samuel said to all Israel, all the house of Israel, if you are, if you are returning to the Lord with all your heart, then put away the gods. And the astroth from among you and direct your hearts to the Lord and serve him only. And he will deliver you what? Out of the hands of the Philistines. You see, godly leadership, you must appreciate it. 
And you yourself must be a godly leader wherever you find yourself. In the church, in your team, in your family, amongst your friends, you can be a godly leader. So that things can become, can come into shape. The third one is follow the leading of the, follow the leading of the help. Follow the leading of the help. Follow the leading. Not just the presence is not enough. The following is very, very important. The just having the presence and his inside is not. Follow the leading. As it speaks, do. As it speaks, do. Just be the doer of the word from the helper. Do the one. Be the one who does the word that the ever-present help says. And lastly, which is what we, we, we saw, that after, after they had done the right thing, they have been under godly leadership, they are brought by the ark of God, what we see is that they enjoyed victory. So you see victory when you follow godly leadership. You see victory when you follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit. You experience, you know, profitability in every area of your life. You become fruitful. You know, you're looking at this, I'm not fruitful enough. I'm not doing enough. It's not because you don't have enough. You have enough. But you need to follow that help so that you can be fruitful. Lastly, you must learn to rejoice. Hallelujah. Amen. You must learn to rejoice. Ebenezer was a word of rejoicing. It means the stone of help. And don't forget, the Bible says Christ is our cornerstone. It's that the stone with the builders rejected has become what? The chief cornerstone. He's saying that up until that is the point which Christ has helped us. Up until that point, this is where we see the help of God. So we see that Samuel put a stone and said, this is Ebenezer. This one is not our help. This one is not our thinking. This one is not our idea. This one is the help of God. And I pray that that will be your testimony in the name of Jesus. As you choose to follow God, as you choose to walk with God, as you choose to depend on your ever-present help, I pray that you will not be disappointed in the name of Jesus. Let's just bow down our heads and we'll pray. Just the Holy Spirit, I yield to you more as my ever-present help. So Spirit of a living God, I yield to you much more as my ever-present help. I pray in the name of Jesus. Just let's take some time out to pray. And say, Lord, I believe that you are my ever-present help. I yield to you in every area of my life in the name of Jesus. I yield to you. I submit to your authority. Thank you, Jesus, because we are doers of your word. Thank you for your help. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Good afternoon.